Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 28th of October. India recorded over 16,000 COVID-19 cases and 733 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stood at over 3 crore 42 lakh, while the death toll crossed 4 lakh 56,000. However, these figures are widely believed to be undercounts. So far, India has administered over 104 crore COVID-19 vaccinations, of which 49 lakh doses were given yesterday. In an inoculation drive review meeting yesterday, Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandavia said that more than over 10 crore Indians have not received the second dose of the coronavirus vaccine, even after the prescribed interval between the two doses had elapsed. The Union Minister asked health ministers to increase the pace of COVID-19 vaccine coverage and thereby aim to cover all eligible citizens with the first COVID-19 dose by the end of November 2021. Maharashtra Home Minister Dilip Patil today tested positive for coronavirus for the second time in a year. He has received both shots of the COVID-19 vaccine. The Indian Express reported that the Indian Council of Medical Research has rejected the request of Maharashtra Health Minister Rajesh Tope to decrease the 84-day interval between two doses of Covishield. Rajesh Tope had earlier said that the reduction in the time gap between Covishield doses would allow the state government to vaccinate more people which would then lead to herd immunity among citizens. As per a report in The Hindu, the Union government has applied for loans from the Asian Development Bank and the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank in order to buy over 66 crore COVID-19 vaccine doses. Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandavia informed ANI about the mega-coronavirus campaign that is going to be launched next month. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 240 million people so far, claiming the lives of over 4.97 million. Three Kashmiri students were arrested yesterday in Agra, Uttar Pradesh for celebrating Pakistan's victory against India in the T20 World Cup match that was held on 24th October. On Tuesday, the Uttar Pradesh police had filed a first information report against Arshid Yusuf, Inayat Altaf Sheikh and Shokat Ahmad Ganai, who study at the Raja Balwant Singh Engineering College in Agra for allegedly shouting pro-Pakistan slogans following the country's victory in the T20 match. The Indian Express reported that the three Kashmiri students were charged under sections 153A, that is, promotion of enmity between different groups on grounds of religion, race, place of birth, residence, language, etc. And section 505-1B, the intent to cause or likely to cause fear or alarm to the public of the Indian Penal Code. They were also booked under section 66F of the Information Technology Act that pertains to cyber-terrorism. Further on, outsiders had entered the college in Agra to demand the arrest of the Kashmiri students. As per a report on the Indian Express, the institute stated and I quote, They, the outsiders, said the college is a shelter for youths with separatist ideology and made an attempt to ruin the college's image, unquote. The college will remain closed till action is taken against the outsiders. The Uttar Pradesh police have further filed complaints against two people in Bareilly and each one in Badayun and Sitapur districts for the celebration of Pakistan's victory. The Chief Minister of Uttar Pradesh, Yogi Adityanath, has directed the police to file sedition cases against people who celebrated Pakistan's win in the T20 match. The Jammu and Kashmir police had also booked the students and staff of two medical colleges in Srinagar under the UAPA, an anti-terror law, for allegedly crying and dancing while cheering for Pakistan in the T20 match. The Bombay High Court today granted Aryan Khan, the son of Bollywood actor Shah Rukh Khan, bail three weeks after he was arrested in connection with a drug bust case on board a cruise ship off the Mumbai coast on October 3rd, the Indian Express reported. 
A single bench of Justice N.W. Samre also granted bail to his co-accused Arbaaz Merchant and Munmun Tamicha. Justice Samre said and I quote, All three pleas are allowed. I will pass detailed orders by tomorrow evening. Unquote. The accused, however, will not be released from jail tonight. Aryan Khan has been denied bail twice before. The special anti-drugs court that denied him bail last week said he knew about Charas hidden in his friend Arbaaz Merchant's shoe and this amounted to conscious possession. Arbaaz Merchant was also arrested along with Aryan and 18 others. Yesterday, senior advocate Amit Desai, representing co-accused and Aryan's friend Arbaaz Merchant, argued before the single judge bench of Justice Nitin W. Sambre that the NCB's arrests in the case were illegal because the agency failed to follow procedure under Section 41A of the Criminal Procedure Code, CRPC, which mandates the investigating officer to issue notice of appearance prior to arrest. According to previous High Court judgments and provisions of the Indian Evidence Act, Desai also contended that WhatsApp chats were not admissible in court. On 2nd October, Aryan Khan and seven others were arrested by a narcotics control bureau team led by Wang Khede after a raid on a cruise ship off the coast of Mumbai. The agency had reportedly seized 13 grams of cocaine, 5 grams of mephedrone, 21 grams of charas, 22 pills of MDMA, that's ecstasy, and 1.3 lakh rupees from the ship. NDTV reported today morning that three farmers died at the Tikri protest site at the Delhi-Haryana border after being hit by a speeding truck. As per a report in the Indian Express, the accident took place when a group of seven women were waiting for an auto rickshaw at the Tikri border to reach the railway station for a train back home to their village in Punjab's Mansa district. The driver of the truck reportedly fled the spot after the incident. The Jajjar Superintendent of Police, Wasim Akram, told the Indian Express and I quote, a tipper carrying dust rammed into the group of women farmers. Two of them died on the spot, unquote. The third woman died on the way to the hospital, while two others were injured, but are reportedly out of danger. According to the Times of India, the deceased women were identified as Amarjeet Kaur, a 58-year-old woman, Shindar Kaur and Gurmail Kaur, both aged 60. Since November 2020, thousands of farmers, mainly from Punjab, Haryana and Uttar Pradesh, have been protesting at Delhi's border entry points, to seek the withdrawal of the three farm laws that were passed in September last year. A similar incident occurred on October 3rd, when three vehicles rammed into a crowd of protesting farmers in Lakhimpur Keri district of Uttar Pradesh. It is alleged that Ashish Mishra, son of Union Minister Ajay Kumar Mishra, was in one of the cars. Two of the cars belonged to the minister. Eight people lost their lives that day, four farmers, two BJP workers, the minister's driver and a journalist. The horror played out in a video of the incident that went viral on social media. Nidhi Suresh and Shivangi Saxena take you through what happened and explain the simmering communal tension in the district and the media scepticism on the ground. Go to newslaundry.com and read the reports under the category Lakhimpur Keri Violence. And while you're there, do check more ground reports, videos, interviews and podcasts. It would be impossible for us to bring you all this if it wasn't for our subscribers who fund us. This is because we don't depend on advertisers, corporations and governments. We are an independent news organization. To be a part of News Laundry, hit the red subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Subscription is as low as 300 rupees only. Pay to keep news free. The Jammu and Kashmir police today killed a suspected militant by the name of Javed Avani in a gunfight in the Baramulla district. As per the Jammu and Kashmir police, Javed Avani was involved in the October 17 killing of two labourers from Bihar at the Wanpo area of Kulgam district. Kashmir Inspector General of Police, Vijay Kumar stated that Avani was on a mission to kill a shopkeeper in the valley's Baramulla district. The police claimed that it was after the firings from Javed Avani 
that the security forces retaliated and that arms and ammunition were recovered from him. As per the Inspector General Vijay Kumar Vani, had assisted another militant, Gulzar Ahmed Reshi, the district commander of Lashkar-e-Taiba, in the killing of the labourers. On 20th October, Reshi and another unidentified militant were shot dead by the police in a gunfight in which three security personnel had also sustained injuries. In the past three weeks, at least 12 civilians have been killed in Kashmir. The resistance front, an offshoot of Lashkar-e-Taiba, has claimed responsibility for most of the civilian deaths. As per the claims made by Kumar, the Inspector General of Police, the security forces in Jammu and Kashmir, have killed 15 militants in the past two weeks. In a report published by Transition Zero, a climate think tank, the world will need to shut down 3,000 coal-fired plants before 2030 to keep the global temperature rise within 1.5 degrees Celsius. This report comes days before the UN COP26 Climate Change Summit in Glasgow. Transition Zero has stated that there are currently more than 2,000 gigawatt of coal-fired power in operation across the world. It has thereby highlighted the need to slash the power generation by coal plants by nearly half, which would further require the closure of nearly one unit per day till the end of the decade. The need to close nearly 1,000 gigawatts of coal-fired capacity would put the onus on China, the world's biggest source of greenhouse gases and owner of nearly half of the world's coal fuel plants. Matt Gray, a Transition Zero analyst and author of the report said, and I quote, The logical conclusion is that half of the effort will need to come from China. I think it's fair to say that keeping the lights on and keeping buildings warm will be the exclusive priority of the Chinese government coming into winter. Our hope is for this crisis to be seen as a wake-up call for being reliant on coal-fired power, unquote. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.